I want to give you several, let me say that, I, uh, things that praying in tongues will do for your life. I'm not here tonight to convince you that you ought to pray in tongues, but I'm here tonight to tell you what your prayer language will do for you and that a lot of times we're not getting full benefit out of our prayer language because we don't know these things. We don't, we haven't researched the word and understood these things. And you can get so much out of your prayer language. Uh, you know, the devil fights tongues, or the prayer language, praying in the spirit. He fights it more than any other thing. There must be, he fights it more than the new birth. He fights it more than the, uh, he doesn't fight per se the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He'll, but he will fight you on, he'll fight tongues. And, and, uh, so there's a reason when the devil's fighting something. It means it's powerful. It means that there's, there's great benefit in it for you. And there's great benefit in praying, using your prayer language for you. But there's great benefit, like, uh, Pastor West said, the effectual fervent prayer. There's great benefit for this for this church and for this area and for uh, your family, your children. I just wouldn't want to even be a parent without praying in tongues. I sure wouldn't want to be a pastor's wife without the praying in tongues. And, and since the day we were baptized in the Holy Ghost, which was January 1st, 1980, uh, uh, it, the tongues has been very special to us, praying in the Spirit. We loved it then, we love it now. But all the time I'm growing in in uh, uh, the benefits of it. I'm, I'm seeing new benefits and I'm saying, you know, and you have to lay hold of the benefits of tongues. You know, you can just say, yeah, I prayed in the Spirit once 20 years ago when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And a lot of people do that and never touch it again. Or sometimes they're in a church uh, uh, that uh, that uh, when everything gets real, if they get real ecstatic and they get real worked up, then they might let go of tongues. But uh, uh, tongues should be something that's in your daily life, and it should actually it's uh, we'll talk about that more later. But uh, uh, it should be a big part of every day of your life, and uh, and uh, praying in tongues. Uh, just will will change everything in your life, will cause everything in your life to be rearranged, cause all the wounds and hurts to be healed, cause, uh, you know, I got my life rearranged by praying in the Spirit. Amen? And so we're going to, and so the more you pray in the Spirit, the more you'll get rearranged on the inside, and the more victory you'll have. And so we can still bring it back to victory. I turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Some of these we won't spend long on, but uh, and some of these you might know. But I think there's going to be a lot of them that you hadn't thought about before, about what praying in tongues could do for you. In uh, 14 verse 18, it says, uh, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. And this was the Apostle Paul. And I want to submit to you tonight that one of the best things that praying in tongues do, does for you is it opens up a new realm of revelation to you. And we can understand this by observation, if nothing else. Uh, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Um, hallelujah. You know, there's two ways to look at this scripture. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. You can look at it, and this is how we've mostly looked at it, was Paul saying, I speak with tongues more than you do. And I thank God I speak with tongues more than you do. But, you know, that even kind of sounds puffed up if you think about it. I'm just thanking God I speak with tongues more than you, Deborah. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds so... And you know, the Lord kind of showed me there was another way to look at that, that Paul was saying, um, <laughs> I thank God 
for tongues more than you do. In other words, I'm more thankful for tongues than you are, than most of you are. He was preaching to these people. He said, you know, I think I'm more thankful for these than you are. And I think that sometimes some of us are more thankful for the gift that God has bestowed upon us than other people are. I'm very thankful for this gift. We use this gift all day. We came to Hoover early, especially to pray in to pray in the spirit, and we prayed all that we prayed before we left. We prayed till eleven o'clock. We stayed home today and prayed at the house, and then we drove all the way over here. We prayed in tongues, and then when we got here, we ate lunch and did a few little errands and some stuff. But then we uh, came over to the church and we got in this building so we could pray in Hoover, and we prayed in tongues. And then guess what? God was speaking to other people at about five something. We look, is Nigel, is that Nigel out there? And Nigel showed up and then Nicole showed up at 5.30 and they had planned, we're going to come early and pray. So God was speaking to us that this was a prayer day. Amen. And so we had a great time with Kimberly and Jonathan and a bunch of it, several of us in here in the auditorium just around 5.30, just praying and praying and praying and praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. And so, but, uh, so, but the point that I want to make on this number one is that, uh, by observation, the fact that the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, we know that, that his praying in tongues and all this praying in tongues that he did was causing, a revel was causing revelation to flow. And I don't mean this to sound cocky in any way. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel that way about this. I just so long for everybody to speak in tongues and to pray in tongues and to have that benefit and to use it all the time. But I have opportunity to be around other Christians many times like, you know, nails and hair and stuff like that who are good Christian women, but they don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost. They don't speak in tongues and, and so forth. And I've noticed in their lives, and I, I feel sorry for them, that they don't have any revelation. Not only do they not have a lot of revelation, even though they're saved about the Word of God, they don't have a lot of revelation about what to do about their kid problems. Their, their, they've got problems in their lives. You know, what do we do? What do I do? They don't have a clue. And revelation comes from the gift of the Holy Spirit of praying in tongues. And as we practice it, you know, we have to use it for it to bring that. Uh, Kenneth E. Hagin, I, I, I read a quote of his, and it said, and he said, the primary way I learned the Bible was on my knees praying in other tongues. The primary way I learned the Bible was on my knees praying in other tongues. If you think about it, the things that God called Brother Hagin to go out and teach my people faith, there was nobody to teach him those things but the Holy Ghost because you weren't hearing those things in churches everywhere back in the 30s and 40s when he was getting that revelation and he got those revelations by praying in tongues and that's how we will get a revelation of the Word of God and a revelation of the truth of the new birth and the, and you know it's interesting uh, where, let me just say this about salvation and baptism of the Holy Ghost and tongues. It's funny, but you never understand it till you already do it. You, if you wait to understand the new birth before you get saved, you will never get saved because you can't understand the new birth until after you're saved. You just have, you know, we got saved on one scripture, most of us. I got saved on for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in 
uh, me shall not perish but have everlasting life. I got saved on John 3, 16. And you know, I just knew it was God, the Bible, and somebody spoke that verse, preached it, and I just had, and I had faith in, in my grandparents who were saved. I mean, I trusted them. They were trusted people. And that's how most of us got everything we got is there were trusted people that showed us one verse. We believed it, and we didn't have a clue what it really meant. I didn't know. I was 10 years old. I didn't know what being born again was. Actually, I never did know till way, way down the road. I was way baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues before I knew what, uh, uh, you know, we got a Bible given to us at the church I grew up in. It said, good news Bible. They gave them to everybody. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't make the connection. It just never, it didn't register on me for many years. I wasn't flowing in any revelation. And the same with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I didn't have a clue. But some trusted friends who were really turned on to God and you could see. And I'm like, and they said, praise the Lord all the time. They said, thank you, Jesus. They said, hallelujah. Just walking down, not in church, just walking down the hall at our house. They would just come back from the restroom saying, well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I was in awe of that. Because, because, you know why? Because I couldn't hardly even say it. You know, I was saved, but to say praise the Lord or to say thank you, Jesus, or to lift my hand was like, you know, it's that was hard. And so I was in awe of that, and I heard them give a couple of scriptures as they gave their testimony, and I desire, I, just based on a couple of scriptures, I decided to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, didn't know a thing about it, didn't know what, you know, didn't know anything. Couldn't have took you to the scriptures again or anything. S spoke in tongues that night, didn't have a clue what tongues were or why. The only thing I'd ever heard about tongues, actually, the good news was that a lot of people, nobody had really come against tongues in my life much. But I, you know, faintly remembered people saying it was of the devil. So everything I did know about tongues was negative. But still, based on, you know, and then, but after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and after I received tongues, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, those scriptures, it all just falls into place. So, you know, you can't, you have, you receive the revelation on the back side of it, not on the front side. And uh, so um, it, the revelation comes from praying in the Spirit. The tongue, when we pray in tongues, it stirs up the Spirit where revelation originates. A revelation originates not from your head, but from your spirit man. Amen? And it stirs up that gift. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's within you. Revelation originates in the Spirit, and then it arrives in the head. And we don't even really know sometimes how it gets to our head. You know, it's like you have this thought and you go, where did that come from? But it was all being processed down here. And one day this thought just kind of drifted up to your head. That's the way it was with this church. You know, my, our spirits knew about this church long before uh, our, our heads did. In fact, we were consciously praying about the next step of God, what He wanted us to do next, because we always kind of have a faith project going. I don't know why we're that way, but we usually always do, Pastor and I. Um, and so we were consciously praying about the next step, didn't have a clue what it was, and prayed for, you know, several months about that. And uh, uh, and all one day, somehow, a thought came, it, it got to our head. It got to our head. And when it got to our head, it wasn't just a Oh, this is a good idea, but there was a meeting of the spirit and the mind and all and it was such a witness of our spirit came up too. So revelation 
is one of the great benefits of praying in the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, another one of the things that you're going to get out of praying in the Spirit, that you need to believe God for these things. So when you pray in the Spirit, believe for revelation. Amen? But in verse 4, it says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Now, I've actually heard this verse used in a negative manner where tongues is concerned. Well, you know, those people that speak in tongues, they edify themselves. Well, edify there, you ought to know what the word means before you say that. You know, because edify means build up. It does not mean puff up. You know, if it said, well, he that speaks in tongues puffs up himself. Well, we could say, yeah, that's a negative. We shouldn't do that. But it's not a, it's not a, it's a positive term. It means build up. Actually, in the Greek, it means charge. It means to charge up. So he that prayeth in tongues charges up himself. And so you charge up your spiritual battery in Jude chapter 20, uh, Jude verse 20, not chapter 20. In Jude 20, we get the same revelation. And it says, uh, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when you pray in tongues, you build up yourself. I tell you, you build up. You start to build the person you really are. Because see, the world's tried to imprint us. Our parents have tried to imprint us. Circumstances have had to try to tell us we're a failure. Circumstances have tried to pull us down. Maybe we've been through some ugly things in our lives and those things try to pull us down. But when you pray in the Spirit, you get built up of who you are in Christ, who you really are. Amen. Number three, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. We're over there at Corinthians again. I should have helped my finger there. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. I don't know why I did these by numerics, but it doesn't matter. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Uh, uh, notice that first part. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Speaketh unto God. This is a divine means to speak to God. That makes it important right there. Hallelujah. I like to speak to God. I want to speak to God. Hallelujah. Uh, and then in first, that same verse, it says, He speaketh mysteries. The Moffat translation says divine secrets. When you pray in tongues, you are actually praying out divine secrets. Well, that there was going to be a faith life church in Hoover, Alabama was a divine secret. Now, I didn't know it. You know that I was moving to Alabama was a divine secret uh, in 1995. It was a divine secret. God had known it since the foundation of the world. He knew it all my life that I would be in Alabama. All my life I thought I would live in Gaines County, Texas. All my life I thought that. I'd been there since uh, third grade. And before that I was just right next door to it in the county over. And... Uh, I've been there. I thought I'd be there forever. But there was a divine secret. And the way we tapped into the divine secret was we prayed in the Spirit. And we prayed in the Spirit and, and, and something began, a little part of it began to open up. First part of it that opened up was just a little part was, uh, uh, I'm going to begin to change your vision in three ways. A man said that to us. God's saying this to you. I'm going to begin to change your vision in three ways. We said, oh, what could that mean? So we prayed in tongues some more because we wanted to know, what does that mean? He's changing our vision in three ways. 
And then a little bit more opened up. Just a little bit more. And then we prayed in the Spirit and a little bit more opened up until one day in February 1996, we found ourselves living at the Rhyme Garden Inn in Irondale, Alabama. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you knew me, you'd know that that was so supernatural. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm an only child. Uh, so, speaketh mystery, speaketh divine secrets. When you speak in tongues, man cannot understand you. Which is good. And Satan can't understand you, which is very good. Because, you know, he tries to get in and interrupt things. You know, sometimes when I hear things, I personally just keep it a secret for a while. I don't tell it because I don't want him to get involved. Like, for instance, when I heard the Holy Ghost say, I'm going to walk, Jesus said to me on Thursday last week, the Holy Ghost did, I said, I'm going to walk the aisles Sunday morning at Faith Life Church. I didn't say anything. I didn't say pastor. I didn't say, I didn't want it spoken out because I didn't want the devil to get in on it in any way. In my thoughts or in anything, I didn't speak it. I wrote it down, and I didn't speak it. And so sometimes, and it's great, So, but we can pray in tongues. Uh, and another good thing about praying in tongues is you're, you, you don't understand you. That's sometimes the best. You don't understand you. Uh, your own mind can't understand. Because I tell you what, more than the devil fights you, your mind fights you. You know? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Let's look at another scripture. <clears throat> For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. You're, when you pray in the spirit, your spirit prays apart from your understanding. You know, we have such limited understanding. And the spirit prays about things we don't understand. Oh, that's what's so good. And it leaves your mind totally behind. You know, most of the prayers, if you don't pray in spirit, you know what most of your prayers are? Mental prayers. Coming right out of the head and the and, and of practically no use to God. Because when the in the spirit realm, in the mental realm, we always want to limit God. What can I afford? What can I you know, we couldn't afford to move to Alabama when we did. We couldn't afford to start we couldn't afford to start this church. But you know, we don't get in that realm. We just stay out you know what we just totally ignore that realm when God tells us to do something. Now, we don't totally ignore it and say, I want to go to the beach on vacation. I'm just going to ignore that realm. But when God tells us to do something, you know, we, you know, uh, we, we just know we, we, can, don't even, we don't even go to that realm because we know somehow He'll do it when He tells you. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and, and then also mental prayers, but wrong prayers. You know, have you ever thought something was one way, but it wasn't? I have a lot of times. You know? Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, I read this about him, that somebody was talking about him. They said, he often prayed in tongues, not in the defiled languages of earth. I had never heard it said that way. That these earthly languages we have are defiled. And you think about it, they are. Just think about how defiled. Think about how much negative is in the earthly language. How much slang, how much poverty, how much, uh, oh boy, our, our English language is defiled. But when we pray in the Spirit, it's not defiled. Hallelujah, it's pure. Uh, number six, 
Uh, we, when we pray in the spirit, we get our prayers over in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto God, men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be in the spirit? Look at that little phrase right there. In the spirit. When we pray in tongues, we get our prayers over in the spirit. In the spirit. And then if you look at, there's several scriptures that reflect that. Ephesians 6. Keep your well, let's go to 14, 15 first, and that way we won't have to. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, with the Spirit. You could just as easily say in the Spirit. If you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, it, on that little with word, it could be in or to or anything. What is it then? I will pray in the Spirit or with the Spirit. See, when we pray in tongues, we put our prayers over in the Spirit realm. Amen. And that's where everything originates in his birth from. And also in Ephesians 6.18, practically says the same thing. Hallelujah. Ephesians. I'm looking. Ephesians 6.18. Says, uh, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. So praying in the tongues, get your prayers over in the Spirit realm. In the Spirit, see, a lot of times people have interpreted that, well, I'm praying in the Spirit to mean I'm putting a little more oomph in it. Well, but putting more oomph in it or getting louder is not praying in the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. But praying in the Spirit is praying Holy Ghost-inspired prayers. Not mental praying or not praying in part from your own limited understanding. You know, the Bible, Paul said in the Bible, we know in part. The things we know up here are just a part, a very small part. And sometimes we even what we know is even not even right. So when we get over in tongues, we just bypass all of that. In Ephesians 6, uh, 18, let's look at another one. Uh, well, that's the same one, but let's look at something else in that same verse. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. When you pray in tongues, you get over there praying for all saints. Did you know there is no way in the natural that you would have a clue how to pray for the worldwide church? There is no way. But when we pray in the Spirit, we can do something very supernatural. We can actually be more like God because we can be omnipresent in a sense. We can be praying for people we don't know, we've never heard of. And guess what? Did you know people you don't know that have never, you've never seen or heard of, of different, even doesn't even speak English, over in Korea or Taiwan or, or Burma or somewhere, are probably praying for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praying for all saints. And you know, sometimes God makes us aware of we're praying for somebody in another country, but many times He doesn't. We're just praying in tongues. You know? We're just praying along in the Spirit, but we're praying for all saints. And and uh, praise God. And you know, God, the Holy Ghost is so unlimited that, uh, you know, uh, if I could be praying in tongues and think I'm praying for Deborah, but I'm speaking some things that some little old woman in China needs, not, not not comparing you to an old woman. But, uh, and you know, God will take those prayers. He can take a prayer that you pray for your church and use it for another church. Hallelujah. And He does that all the time. Hallelujah. He takes those things and uses them in, in whatever way He needs to. Hallelujah. First uh, Corinthians 1.10 Praying in the Spirit. I, I hope you get some things out of this tonight. 
Make sure, you know, when I teach on prayer or when I read books on prayer, which I do all the time, you know what it does? It stirs me up to pray. And I like to be stirred to pray. 1 Corinthians 1.10 Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Well, how are we going to do this? I tell you what, there's just about no way except to pray in the Spirit. But when we pray in tongues, it causes us to speak the same thing. Hallelujah. We have supernatural unity. But some people say, well, we can get into to unity over the Word of God. That might be possible, and sometimes it is, but it's not always possible because I could read a verse and you and I could be interpreted in one way in my heart and you could be interpreted in a whole different way. And so we wouldn't even be speaking the same thing. But when we pray in the Spirit, we are actually speaking the same thing. Woo, talk about supernatural unity. I'm not going to hide my candle under a bushel. Hallelujah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I tell you, I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed of tongues. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. Because when we are ashamed of tongues and we hide the fact that we speak in tongues, we grieve the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not saying that we have to walk in Toys R Us praying in tongues. I mean, God didn't call us to have the ministry of scaring people. You know... But I, but when people, when the occasion's right, or in church, or, and when the occasion's right, and or people ask you, well, you know, I'm not going to avoid the subject. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> praying in tongues help us, helps us worship God. Did you ever feel like, oh, you just needed to say more? You'd said all the thank you, Jesus, and praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And something else wanted to bubble up more. Hallelujah. Acts 10, 46. Well, the Bible says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. When we speak in tongues, we're magnifying God. Hallelujah. We magnify God. Sometimes our tongues are prayer, but sometimes our tongues are praise. And sometimes you can kind of tell when. Hallelujah. John 4, 24. Another scripture about that. Another scripture about that. Hallelujah. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. There's that in the spirit. And in truth. Hallelujah. You know, you're just going to be more and more effective in worship if you know how to pray in the spirit or speak in tongues. Amen. First, uh, uh, let me say this about that, spirit-to-spirit -spirit contact with God. God is a spirit. He's not a human being. Number 10, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. We're going back to that one again. I wish I could have lined all these up, but organization in sermons is not my skill. Pastor is very skillful at that. You know, because what I did is set these down. I sat down and wrote these down as they came to me. You know what I'm saying? And so you're getting them in the order as they come. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Praying with your understanding will take on new depth and meaning. When you start praying in the tongues, then when you pray with your understanding, you'll even be better at praying in your understanding. 
That's what I'm saying. You know, uh, God doesn't always give you the interpretation, but many times as you're praying in the Spirit, you will begin to have an unction or, or idea of what you're praying about. You may not have the complete thing, but you may can, and I like to tell people to do this, as you're praying in the Spirit, if you hear something in English, speak that out in English. Go ahead and speak it out. And you know, uh, you know, we do that regularly. We were doing that this afternoon as we prayed in the Spirit. We were hearing things or having thoughts about things, and we would pray uh, out those things in English. So you will improve your ability to pray in uh, your known language. <coughs> praying, the, praying in the Spirit will cause you to pray the perfect will of God. That's over in Romans 8, verse 26. How many of you would believe that it would be important to pray the perfect will of God? You think it would be as be more effective than praying something that wasn't the will of God? I think it would be more effective to pray the will of God. Hallelujah, Lord, we just pray for those people right there in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you to touch them and help them. Lord, we just ask you to get them saved if they're not saved. Cause a right labor to cross their path in the name of Jesus. Cause them salt their tongues, Lord. Make them hungry for the things of God. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. That's that's good. <clears throat> Romans eight twenty six says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hallelujah. So God, the, the Holy Ghost, when He prays through us in the Spirit, He doesn't pray something that's not the will of God. He prays according to the will of God. And we just thought, talked about that scripture this afternoon, 1 John 5, 14. It says, if we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of Him. So when we pray in tongues, we know He hears us because we're praying His perfect will, and we know we have it. We know we have it. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have it. We ought to get happy that we have it. In that in that scripture there where it says infirmities, he helpeth our infirmities. That word infirmities means weakness. It's not sickness, it's weakness. Well, what is the he tells us there right there in the verse what the weakness we have is. The weakness is we don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray as we ought. Boy, I tell you, have you ever felt like that? Maybe somebody in your family had a big crisis and you're like, I need to pray for them, but I don't even know what they need. Well, when you don't know, you pray in the Spirit. And the Spirit says, and the Spirit prays out those things and gets them what they need. Amen? Hallelujah. Number 12. <clears throat> Praying in the Spirit gives you the ability to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, and I know if before, you, if before you get filled with the Spirit, before you know this, uh, and even after you fill the Spirit, if you don't have a revelation of this, when you read this scripture, you just want to throw up your hands and run, where it says, pray without ceasing. How in the world am I going to do that, Lord? i got to go to work. You know? Well, you're going to pray without ceasing by praying in tongues. You know, you can pray in tongues while you're doing other things. You can pray in tongues while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're getting ready, while you're putting on your makeup, while you're taking a shower, while you're 
uh, washing dishes while you're and, and, and you know you can be in a store and under your breath just lowly I do it all the time I was waiting to get my nails done the other day Buddha was sitting right in front of me I told somebody I kicked him over when I walked by but I sat there and prayed in tongues real softly nobody was up at the front but me and pastor does it loudly in dealers and places like that and I'm like Shh. You know? hallelujah he doesn't, he doesn't know how to pray in tongues softly. Hallelujah. But it gives us the ability to pray all the time, to pray without ceasing. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, going back. I want you to be stirred up to pray without ceasing. I want tomorrow to be such a day of prayer for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. 1 Corinthians. And you know, depending on what your job is, I mean, if your job's answering the phone, you may have to pause in between but you know if you're just putting gadgets in a box you know there's nothing to prevent you from praying in tongues all day uh, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God for no man understandeth how beaten the spirit he speaketh mysteries uh, I want us to focus this time on that last part where it says speaketh mysteries he speaketh mysteries and then hold that in your thoughts and go over to 1 Corinthians 2 7 <laughs> And it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So how are you going to get the wisdom of God? Well, you got to speak a you got to speak the mystery. And when you pray in tongues, it's a mystery, but really what it is, it's the wisdom of God. You're praying for you're the wisdom of God. You speak mysteries, you're speaking the wisdom of God. And like I said, it's going to get what originates in your spirit is going to rise up to your head. May not that day, but it's coming. It's coming. Hallelujah. So you can safely say, I know what to do. Even though you don't know yet, but you know you know in here. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John, I have an unction from the Holy One and I know all things. You shouldn't be saying, I just don't know what to do. I don't I don't have a clue what we're supposed to do. I don't know. That is unbelief. That is a negative confession. You've got to change your words. Because if you say, I don't know what to do, you will never know what to do. Hallelujah. So you have to start saying, I have an unction from the Holy One. I know all things. So in my head, I may not know, but right here, I know already. I know what to do. And you know, family, don't ever override this. Don't let your head and your heart and your soul talk you into doing something. Your spirit is saying, uh 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 uh, don't, 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 don't. Hallelujah. Whew. That's good preaching. Don't shout me down now. Hallelujah. First Corinthians two four. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You know what? When we speak in tongues, our words have spirit and power. Then, not only our tongues words, but then when we get up to, to, to talk to someone, we get up to teach, we get up to preach, or we're just talking to someone about the things of God, our words will have spirit and power. He said, you know, sometimes we've taken that to mean that he was talking about, well, I, my speech is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but he's talking about that his, there was demonstration of spirit and power in what Paul said. Hallelujah. They're, they're, his words were not were anointed. They weren't just human words. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6.12. We'll go to the next one. We're on 15 if you're keeping up. 
Oh, hallelujah. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All the problems you have are not with people. They're all with spirits that are controlling people. You got a problem at work? You know, that's it. And evil spirits try to work against us. And they have to be, these unseen forces have to be dealt with in prayer. God will not deal with evil spirits for us. He will deal with them through us. Hallelujah. And He does that different ways. He does it by us using the authority and our mouth. He does it as we pray in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. He does it as we speak the Word. We speak the Word as we take the authority that He's given us in Christ. We have to use our mouth. Hallelujah. But we praying in tongues gives us the ability to pray about things we cannot see. You cannot see these spirit creatures. You don't even know if they're there, when they're there. But as you pray in tongues, these things are dealt with and solved. And if you need to say something in English, God will show you that too. Number 16, praying in the Spirit hooks us up to the divine helper. John 14, 16. This is about one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. John 14, 16. Love it. No, that's not my favorite. My favorite is uh, 17. <laughs> but we'll do 16. And I will pray the Father and He will give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. So in that word comforter, we need to look at that. In the Greek, it's the word paraclete. And the Amplified Bible, if you have one, I'll just tell you though, it gives us a sevenfold meaning of the word paraclete. And the sevenfold meaning is comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. And when we pray in the Spirit, it hooks us up to the divine helper. He is our helper. Holy Ghost, you are my helper. Thank you for helping me here. He is my comforter. You know what? When people hurt you, don't walk around hurting for days and your feelings hurt because you know what? It grows. It gets bigger. It will infect your heart, your soul. It will, uh, you know, don't let that happen. Fall down across the bed. Say, Jesus, this hurts. Holy Ghost, you comfort me. This hurts. He will take the hurt away immediately. It will not grow. It will not fester. You will not carry around these pains, these heartaches for a lifetime. Oh, hallelujah. I had to learn to do that. Hallelujah. Just tell the Lord immediately, Holy Ghost, be my comforter in this. Uh, and how many of you ever needed counsel? Well, hallelujah. He wants to be your counselor. And you know, He wants to be your intercessor and your strengthener. Do we need, if you need strength, hallelujah. Thank you, you're our strengthener. So we hook up to the divine helper. In Romans 8, 26 bears that out too. Uh, it says, uh, it, we, we already read it, but it said, He helpeth our infirmities. He helpeth. The Holy Ghost helpeth. Hallelujah. Number 17. Tell me when to stop. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll be here midnight. Holy Ghost helps us pray through to victory. He will do the job through us, but not for us. We already said that. He helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses. That word helpeth our infirmities. Romans 8. Go back there. We'll look at it. 
because this is important that you get this. Uh, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. The Greek there means He takes hold together with us against. To take hold together with us against. When you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost takes hold together with you against. See, we wanted God to do it all for us most of the time. Well, God, I wish you'd fix this in my life. And I wish you'd work this out in my life. He's not going to. Till you get in there with your prayer language and you let the Holy Ghost take hold together with you against whatever's there. He takes together against what any obstacle, any hindrance. Amen? Hallelujah. And I think we'll stop with this one. And then we'll pray just a minute. Praying in tongues gets us out beyond ourselves. It causes us to work with God on His projects. You know, yeah, we need to quit praying for ourselves so much and let God use us to pray for the needs of the world. Hallelujah. Someone said it this way, quit trying to get God to bless your plans and find out His plans and get in there with Him. You know, 2 Corinthians 6.1, we'll look up at a couple of scriptures about that. Gets us out beyond ourselves. Oh, you know, we used to sing a song. Just forget about yourself and concentrate on Him and worship Him. How hard is that? It's very difficult. We are consumed with self. All of us are tempted to be consumed with self. But we can pray in the Spirit and get out beyond ourselves and get out there to the nations of the world. Get out there to the lost and hurting. Get out there to the people in our neighborhoods. Amen? Second Corinthians, uh, what did I say? Six, six one. We then as workers together with Him beseech ye also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. But the first part, we as workers together with Him. Romans eight seventeen. Hallelujah. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. We are heirs of Christ, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We are joint, we are we're joint with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark 16, 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Working with them. The Lord working with them. We work with Him and He works with us. And when we pray in spirit, we get out beyond ourselves. We start working with God. And that's what we're going to do tonight. There, You know, there's things in Hoover. We don't know if it's powers, principalities. What is this that we're up against here? What is it that has to come down? We don't know. But tonight we're going to let the Holy Ghost pray through us in the Spirit, working together with Him. And we know we'll be praying the perfect will of God. We'll know we'll all be speaking the same thing, but one mind and one heart. And we'll, and we'll, get the, and we'll know that we have the answers. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes you don't get it all in one night. There's things that you have to whittle on in prayer for a while. Amen. And, and I'm going to ask all of you, as if you get something in the Spirit, uh, speak it out in English. You get something, if, if, a, if a thought comes to you. Amen. And we'll pray together.